Hello, Mighty Men of God, Joe Martin here, man builder, award-winning speaker, author, and Tanya's husband and Kendall and Faith's dad. Welcome to the Real Men Connect podcast, where we help good men become great men God's way. Every Wednesday, we interview some of the nation's most respected and accomplished men of faith to find out what it really takes to become the kind of husband, father, and spiritual leader God called and created us to be. Today is the Real Men Check-In. The Real Men Check-In is just a quick way to help you start your week on the right foot in the right way. Every Monday, I share personal insights, encouragement, and support that will move you beyond church to real change. I keep it short, I make it fun, and then I'm done. So let's get started. Real men judge sin, not skin. Let me say that again. Real men judge sin, not skin. Now guys, get your pen out, and I want you to write down some verses. Let's start with John 7:24. John 7:24 says, Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. Romans 10.12 says, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. John 13.34 says, A new command I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. In 1 John 2.9, Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Now, guys, I think you should already know where I'm going with the Real Men Check-In this week. See, once a month, I host a small men's group at my home called Brothers Keepers. It's just a band of brothers who get together on the first Saturday of each month to serve, support, and sharpen one another so we can win as men in our families, on our jobs, in our businesses, in our churches, and in our communities. Now, we've probably been meeting for about maybe four years now, and during that time, we've literally had more than 150 men come together over the years, representing more than 20 to 30 churches, at least 15 denominations, five different cultures, and several ethnic groups. Now, I say all of this because for the first time since we launched the group, we decided to discuss the topic of racism in America. Now, we had about 12 guys who showed up at my home, and they didn't even know that that was going to be the topic of discussion. And there were probably about seven black guys and five white guys who were there. And we discussed this sensitive topic of race with sincere curiosity, honesty, and transparency, void of emotionalism and offense, and even void of defense of our own opinions. We were seeking righteousness, not being right or being justified in our views. We wanted to look at racism from a biblical point of view, not from a biased or cultural one. There were no hidden political or cultural agendas, and everything shared was from our personal experiences, as well as our personal acceptance of responsibility, regardless if we were the ones to blame or even on the receiving end of bigotry. Since what we discuss and share in Brothers Keepers stays in Brothers Keepers, I won't share the personal stories of the men in that group. But on the Real Men Check-In this week, I will share with you the best lessons that came out of the meeting that we all agreed upon. And I hope that they bless you. And I hope that you share it with the men at your church or your place of business and in your social circles. We learned that the label racist has become a term we in society typically misuse out of convenience. And it needs to be defined and explained more clearly in our homes, in our schools, on our jobs, in our churches, and in our communities. So actually, a racist is really anyone, and I say anyone, regardless of the color of their skin, who elevates or esteems him or herself as being superior to another person or group of people based solely on the color of their skin and race. Now, if you open the heart of a racist, you will find that the center of it is pride. And based on that definition that I just gave you, most people we know and meet and work with are not racist. However, we are all prejudiced to a certain degree. 
And we also realize that the word prejudice is not synonymous with being a racist. Being prejudiced just means we prejudge something before having and knowing all the facts. See, prejudging anything doesn't make you a racist, it makes you human. For instance, I'm from Miami, and if I said I'll never live in Toronto because it's too cold, but I've never been or lived in Toronto, I hope you don't think that I hate Canadians <laughs> and believe that they're inferior to Americans. I don't believe that. I'm just unfairly prejudging Toronto before having all the facts, and I need to learn more. Now, I hope that makes sense. Now, we also agree that the word racism is really a sin problem, not a skin problem, that's rooted in ignorance, which is not learning or knowing any better. Also, racism is also rooted in anger and hostility, which is wrapped in emotionalism when we react instead of respond spiritually to bad situations. Also, we say that racism is rooted in fear and insecurity. The fear of losing what we have or feeling less than or entitled to something we believe we deserve. And also, racism is driven by media stereotypes that often perpetuate our negative and biased views of others. And the enemy, Satan, uses all these roots of racism to drive us to hatred towards one another. Now, we also agree that a better definition for the word racism would be ignorance rooted in emotionalism that is used as a convenient tool to justify our fears and insecurities when it comes to people who don't look, sound, or act like us. Now, I know that's a mouthful, so let me repeat that again. We said that racism should be defined as ignorance rooted in emotionalism that is used as a convenient tool to justify our fears and insecurities when it comes to people who don't look, sound, or act like us. Now, after coming up with a better definition and clarification on these loaded words that divide us, racism and racist, we discussed some ideas and strategies that we could use as Christian men to win this battle, well, at least turn the tide against Satan when it comes to race. Now, here are just some of those lessons that we learned. We said we need to redefine who we consider and call our brothers. In Matthew 12, 46, it says, when Jesus was speaking in the synagogue, a man told Jesus that his mother and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. But Jesus replied to the man by asking, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? For whoever does the will of the Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now that's what we call one of those drop the mic moments. <laughs> Race, culture, gender, generation, denomination, and neither does your DNA define you as my brother. It's your obedience to the will and the word of God that defines our relationship. If you believe what God says and you do his will, then you're my brother. But if you don't, you're not. And I'll continue to pray that one day we'll become brothers. See, our genuine love for one another should not be based on us agreeing on everything, just agreeing on eternal things. We also learned that we should intentionally and deliberately seek to build relationships with others who are different than we are, to, to a point where it's safe to ask dumb questions in their presence. Because we're never going to learn about one another if we're afraid to talk to one another and ask questions without being judged, causing offense, or being ridiculed for it. We also learned that racism has more to do with me and how I view others of a different ethnic group, race or culture, than it does with how others treat me. For example, when my son was in middle school, he once asked me, he says, Dad, have you ever been called the N-word? And I told Kendall, I said, sure I have. And he asked me, well, how did you respond? And I told him I didn't respond because I only answer to what I am, not what I'm called, unless it's who I am. See, if you call me the N-word, you'll get no response. But if you call me a blood-bought child of God, you will receive my undivided attention. See, we're not who we're called, but what we answer to. Jesus said God is our shepherd, and those who belong to him, they hear his voice. We also learned that when it comes to eliminating the racial divide between us, we have to be intentional about recognizing our own blind spots. 
We call this our poverty of friendships. For instance, I ask everyone to pull out their cell phones, then I ask them to look up the last 10 numbers they called. Now, if you did the same thing, would those numbers consist of only black people, Latino people, Jewish people, white people, or a mixture of all ethnicities? See, your phone won't lie. We also say that we should intentionally attend social events that will take us out of our comfort zones. But we also say you shouldn't do it alone. Take a friend or another brother with you. For instance, I often attend and speak at events that are predominantly white. Sometimes it makes me a little bit uncomfortable because I'm the only black person in the group. But I found it's always a little easier if I take another brother, especially if he's white, if I take him with me and help me get more comfortable with the group. Nothing can replace having a friendly face with you. Here's another lesson. We learned that we have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. See, not every person you approach outside of your race will respond favorably to you, whether they're Christians or non-Christians. So what do you do? You know what you do? You pre-decide how you're going to respond before you get scared, before you get nervous, or before you get rejected, because it might happen. Now, here's another lesson. We must always remember that we are kingdom ambassadors first. See, as kingdom ambassadors, we're supposed to represent Christ before we represent our race. Because it's not about race, it's about God's grace. We also agree that since racism is really about ignorance and someone's lack of education about another culture or race, we agree that we should all make it a habit to read books of authors from different races, different cultures, with different theologies. Trust me, a Native American and African American author's perspective on American history is going to be a lot different than a white author who was born in the South. And last but certain not least, we agree that we must question and confront bigotry and racism whenever we see it. Not by condemning or crucifying people, but rather by questioning their words and their actions. Asking questions like, why do you say that? Why do you believe that? What makes that true for you? Could you please explain what you meant by that? Do you believe that? Or where did you learn that? Is there any exception to that generalization that you just made? See, I'm not saying we discovered the cure for racism in our group, or even if any of this stuff will work, but it's definitely a good place to start. It reminds me of a quote of that great philosopher, Janet Jackson, <laughs> who said on the end of her Rhythm Nation CD back in the 90s, Janet Jackson said, in complete and total darkness, we're all the same. Only our mind and our wisdom separates us. So the next time you open your eyes, please don't let them fool you. But more accurately, I will quote Romans 5.16. For the judgment following one sin by Adam brought condemnation, but the free gift following many sins brought justification. For it, because of one man's sin, death reigned through that one man. Much more would those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Because remember, just like God, real men judge sin, not skin. So that's the Real Men Check-In for this week, and I hope that it blessed you. And if you found it helpful, please share this episode with other men who you may be mentoring or discipling. And make sure to check out our regular weekly interviews on Wednesdays. And to make sure you don't miss an episode, please visit our website at realmenconnect.com and join our growing community of real men. We also have a couple of free gifts waiting just for you. See, Real Men Connect is a listener-supported podcast, and we're now the number one radio podcast on iTunes for Christian men. Now, if this podcast has blessed you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to bless and transform the lives of even more husbands, fathers, sons, and leaders, please prayerfully consider financially supporting this ministry. Just go to realmenconnect.com and click on the donate button. And may God bless your faithful giving. 
And thank you guys so much for listening because without you, there would be no Real Men Connect. So keep downloading, subscribing, reviewing, and sharing us with the world. So until next time, I'm Joe Martin with RealMenConnect.com reminding you that we are males by birth, but we are men by choice. So each and every day, choose to be the man God called and created you to be because a male is a terrible thing to waste. So until next time, stay strong, stay blessed, and as always, stay in God's grip. Thank you for listening to the Real Men Connect podcast with Dr. Joe Martin. Real Men Connect isn't just a podcast. It's a mission, ministry, and movement to help good men become the great men God called and created us to be. And the best is yet to come. So if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and leave us a review in iTunes. It really helps us to build the podcast and to reach, teach, and impact more men, all for the glory of God. And make sure you check out realmenconnect.com to get our free tools and resources to help you go from good man to great man God's way. Again, that's realmenconnect.com. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next episode.